everybody. Welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. It's your boy Dave Neal. Got a good one for you today. First of all, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is our Turkey Day episode. I wish you all well. Hey, if you if you're not familiar with the traditions of Thanksgiving, basically how it works is you eat a lot of food with your family, and then uh, you pass out next to one of your uncles, and then when you wake up, you talk politics. That's how it works. Um, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday by far. We don't, and, and there's nothing wrong with religious holidays, but the the real truths of Thanksgiving is just it's offering gratitude. It's the best gift you can give to others. It is free. Um, all it takes. And, and by the way, I think the more specific you are with your gratitude, the more you attract that of which you appreciate. So if you're um, you know, living in a positive mindset where you've got a great significant other, the more you tell them all the great things that they do, I think the more they're going to want to do all those great things. Isn't that how it all works? It's a merry-go-round of affirmations. You guys know me. I love my affirmations. Call your mom. Call your dad. Call whoever it is in your life that you value. Let them know how you feel on this Thanksgiving. Please, for me, do it. Let them know. It can't hurt. It's free. You already pay way too much money for that cell phone. Pick it up. Call them. If you can't do that, send them a text. Some old friends from college, let them know you love them. You know what I mean, folks? It's free. Got a podcast you listen to? Write in. Sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Let them know. You love them. I love you guys. Specific to this podcast, I would like to give you guys my thanks for being there. Um, the numbers have grown. The, the the loyals are out there. We get new emails every day. Well, every couple days. We get people telling us about their engagement story, their birth of their kid, their whatever. But I'll tell you what, we haven't been invited to a wedding yet. Just saying, I will go. My days aren't that busy. This episode is a good one. I talked to Jenna Birch. She was in town visiting Los Angeles. A really um, intelligent young lady. Uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm getting old when I start referring to people as a young lady. She's a health and lifestyle journalist. She's been published all over and has a book called The Love Gap, A Radical Plan to Win in Life and Love. Um, basically, I think to sum up the book, she talks a lot about why, why, why is there this gap where women become more and more successful and men say they want a successful woman, but their actions show otherwise. So we get into that. We talk a little bit about the uh, dating app culture, this and that. You're going to like it. And uh, one last gift before I uh, let you guys listen to this episode. I'm going to tell you my uh, secret cranberry sauce recipe. If you don't like cranberry sauce, nay, I say, nay to your preconceived notions of what cranberry sauce is or was. It does not come out of a can. That's for leftovers. You want a cold Thanksgiving, you want a cold turkey sandwich on Black Friday, Friday of color. What you do is you have that leftover jello uh, in the canned cranberry sauce. But you want a real cranberry sauce. You got in-laws you need to uh, impress with your attention to detail. Take some pride out there, folks. Take some pride and make my cranberry sauce. What you do is you boil two cups of water. You get that going to a boil, you add cranberries. You let it kind of simmer 
on low. You don't want to burn these things. You let it simmer on low, add a cup of sugar. We're getting into it, folks. It's a holiday. You need sugar. You add that cup of sugar. You make sure that simple sugar happens where it all kind of melts together. And then as the cranberries are starting to pop, you know, as they're starting to break up and um, in, in form kind of a soup, a cranberry soup, what you do is you add one pear diced, one apple diced, one orange pureed. You'll thank me later. Put all of that in. Let it simmer, you know, uh, for about half an hour. Cook it for about half an hour. Then let it just uh, let it let it cool off, and then put it in the fridge for a couple hours. You'll have the best cranberry sauce you've ever imagined. The best. Now you want to add to that cranberry sauce. How about some candied pecans? Oh boy, did Dave do it again, or did Dave do it again? Candied pecans, folks. Easiest way to do that. I like to get a cast iron. Um, skillet. I like to add uh, as much butter as you can imagine. And I like to dice up pecans. And I'll add, a, I'll add a little brown sugar too. I'll throw anything that's got, you know, like sugar. And, just, and then you just, you kind of get a nice little wooden spoon. You, uh, you just shuffle them around for 10 minutes, whatever. And then you got candied pecans. And someone says, I don't like uh, cranberry sauce. I say, nay. I show them my cranberry sauce with some candy pecans. I don't think you're going to want anything else to eat. And you know what? It became so popular in my household, I'd have to make a second serving. I'd have to make a whole second serving for leftovers because who wants a dry turkey anyway? Right, folks? No one wants a dry turkey. You want a little cranberry sauce on your turkey. Some a little cranberry sauce. Oh, what was that? The mashed potatoes are no good. They didn't make it with enough butter. I just throw some cranberry sauce on it. I have diabetes now, folks. Um, okay, this is our Thanksgiving episode. So with the... Um, with all the love in my heart, I wish you all well. I hope that you're surrounded by the people that you love. And I hope that we can take 2018 and not quit on it. We're not lame ducking this 2018. We got six weeks left. Come on, folks. Let's get on it. 2019 is going to be a fucking awesome year. We're going to finish this one out strong. Strong dismounts, folks. Um, a lot of people have been asking. You're asking about the soap. It's not on sale yet. We're still making it. We're making our soap. It, ta- it takes a month and a half to make. So it's going to be ready. It'll be ready to ship mid-December. So it'll ship to you before Christmas, by all means, of course. But we, ha- we I want to have all the soap out packaged so we can show you what it looks like in the box before you get soap. So, uh, And if you're new, if this is your first time listening, um, the only thing better than my cranberry sauce is my soap. Have you ever heard a heterosexual male talk about how good he is at making soap and cranberry sauce? Hey, gender norms be gone. I'm arts and crafts in this motherfucker. I don't care. Enjoy this chat with Jenna Birch. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I was like, oh, just meeting. Well, I kind of show up early, it feels like, to everything. So yeah, now I'm, right. like, a little bit ahead of schedule, yeah. and I'm like, oh, God, now we like, space things out in case, but yeah. you can tell you're visiting L.A. that you're actually early. Yeah, super early. I'm like, well, I could drive around for an hour and be weird. I'm but. like, oh, we book it at uh, 2 p.m., so they'll be here at 3. Yeah. Because they had a 4 o'clock, and I was like, that gives me plenty of time if you're, like, the type who's not here. And I don't blame people for not being on yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. But you're early. And anyway, yeah. we'll just jump right into it. This is how we do it. We're yeah. Jenna Birch. How are you today? Hi. I love that... 
the, the the theme, like our podcast, the theme around it is the giving tree. Yes. And birch is a tree name. So there we go. Yeah, it works We've out. made our connection. It will always be easy to remember for most people because of my last name. People I, like that, the birch tree. <laughs> does that, where does that go back to? Do you know the origins of, of the last name birch? I wish I did. We were really going deep into my dad's family history and he like doesn't know anything. So we need to get like a full ancestry kind of thing going on. I think he's German, German roots, but... Is the birch tree... It's, does, it, does it have to do with the tree or is it just a coincidence? I think the name it's Birch. coincidental. It's it's we tried to figure it out. I, my last name's Neil. There's nothing yeah. that goes to them. I had a buddy Doug Key. When um when they when they date someone, they give them a key attached to a necklace. Oh my god! I was like, th- and that's like a tradition they have through, right? Doesn't it sound like romantic? That just does saying sound it, kind of romantic. <laughs> so like, do you give like a birch sapling to someone? Like, what well, does that work? I feel like that would be uh, one guy I dated. Actually, he was like, it's really funny. The only thing I'm allergic to in this world is birch. Wow. Tree. There you so go. that was like a metaphor. Is that a red flag or is? Yeah, I, I, I was like, I feel like that you're bringing this up. It's kind of a red flag, maybe. Like maybe I'm, you're allergic to me. That's very weird. But I think most guys are allergic to women. Probably. We're scared. <laughs> maybe a I'm here bit. to to let you know that we're not evil. We're just scared no, children. We were just talking. I was just talking to a friend about that. We're just like we feel like we just want to help men emotionally for yeah. the most part because women have just been. We're from the time we're young, we play like little emotional games and, you know, take care of each other. And men are just like, you know, roughshod over each other on the well, soccer field or whatever it, it is. It's hard. It, look, it's hard. I'll never I'll never try to play the victim. But what I always look at how in every circumstance, someone is the victim. Right. When I see like some big bad guy, you go, oh, he's crying like this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I see like the chat that like, I don't know if you ever watched the show Bachelorette, but oh, there's yeah. like, do you remember Chad Johnson, the really yes. strong kind yes. of crazy guy? I'm like, yeah. oh, this dude was in the military. He's seen shit. He's yeah. strong, but like emotionally, this guy's like fragile. Yeah, Hug him. <laughs> it was weird because one of my best friends was like, I just feel like I get him on some level. I'm like, really? That's so interesting. As he's like pounding through the forest to like scary dark. Right. He actually has a fan base through like this psychosis. They made, they made him look like a psycho. Yeah, they did. You know what I mean? Yes. And every but every but I've got like friends like that that like on paper they are psychotic because men we don't even with my girlfriend with Tasha we're five years in but in the past you know she's kind of counterdependent so sometimes I'll try it, we're arguing and she'll just like turn away yeah. and I'm not a big like ego guy but I'm like hello like are you kidding me like yep. and I'll get and then I've never I've never hit her but I've like literally want to I literally want to run through walls I'm yeah. so angry yeah because I can't get someone's attention I mean that's like a big one that's that's a huge fighting tactic uh, I think that's one of the John Gottman's like four like Oh, like, horsemen of the apocalypse is like stonewalling you're just but like, that's the worst right it is the worst it yeah. means there any situation other than when it's like you know i mean like in in communication you should never i mean maybe after hours of talking you'll be like look, look yeah. we're done here but relationships and dating and i even think that that's why sto- like ghosting is so traumatic for people it's just like that death to like communication you just can't get through anymore yeah. people hate that i um so i stand up to my my bag and i uh I, di- I had a bit on ghosting i just brought back but i used to do it like five years ago because i was ghosted on i was ghosted on like six years ago yeah. and the truth of it was like she should have just been honest with me and been like dude like this isn't yeah. gonna work but i really like forced her to like meet with me you know what i mean the whole, yes. the whole joke was like when you get ghosted on you have to keep messaging them but at decreasing levels of technology right because you ever have that where like they're not responding to a text all right i'm gonna bang out an email yep the whole thing no my i had one person that told me like their ghosting trauma story and he like 
wrote her a handwritten note and like sent it through Snapchat so he knew that she would open it because he'd get the little notification. Oh. She didn't have read. I'm like, this is, yeah, it's traumatic for people. And, it, and it's like w- when you go that far, you know, there's probably no going back. No. But even even then, I'm in my head. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, she got cancer last minute and something's <laughs> going on. And I'm like making up these. And one girl that ghosted on me actually did get cancer. So Whoa, I did. Okay. And she's she's recovered. She's fine. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> no, but I was actually happy for her. I was like, I, was like I, wanted to, I wanted to make it about me. And I was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, I fall in love and you got to go run and get <laughs> cancer. But I was I was happy. She uh, she she battled it and she, she won. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting because ghosting... At least in my eyes, what it is, I mean, it, it's shitty. It's shitty of people to do that, but it's the result of us like overselling who we are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people, we, you meet somebody, but then you have stalk them online mm-hmm. and you find out all this stuff. And if you want to be optimistic about them, you connect all the dots in a positive way mm-hmm. and you create this character that you want them to be. Right. And then they're not. They're just never, no one's that good of a person. Right. So it's like we've just set the bar too high up front, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I talk to people about a lot, especially when they're like, what dating advice do I need for this present moment? I'm like really plug into who people are. People will tell you who they are, but then we'll create the stories in our own mind that are just fantastical. They're the best person ever. That's the whole like attraction chemistry, like love will paint you in that light. But also cynicism could, could, you could you could write off a good person because right. like you might think oh they're yeah oh, they're a jock or they're they're a you know whatever it is and you you yeah. know what I mean like what's what's the sweet spot for that we're in such like a filtering society where people just want to get to the heart of who people are as fast as they can so they'll just come up with like these external criteria that I'm gonna only date this type or I'm never gonna date this type and what I've learned is usually once people get rid of that external stuff is when they like can really be open to connection. So it's really plugging into who that person is and where they're at in their life, all the external variables, but also just like gauging the connection. Like don't think about, I think people are like primed to look for red flags now because we're just primed to figure out like, okay, if it's not this person, then we'll go into the next person. Like dating is so prolific now. Well, yeah, the culture almost makes it that way where it's like such a high turnover of people. Right. But you can never figure someone out that fast. Right. Never. And and usually people dismiss everyone prematurely. I think that it's, if it's never going to go like bad to great, but it could go from mediocre to great. So just like if there's potential, I like, really tell people feel it out like get to know this person as a person when you're on a date the first date is always weird first few dates can be weird and then you kind of have a breakthrough but if you're really glued to like who is this person are they potential like partner qualities that i want like glue into that instead of looking for all the bad things look for reasons to like someone that you could fit into their life not necessarily reasons to dismiss them but also don't like create a story around them because that's now, something we do commonly I, I i create a story around everybody i meet <laughs> i'm really bad i'm really bad when it comes to meeting dudes mm. and judging them and, and and thinking i wouldn't be friends with them okay. some of my best friends i hated at front that's hated funny. and i think i was like some hierarchy thing yeah where i was like oh, i'm feeling challenged by them and then they became such good friends yeah i think that that's a good thing yeah i've always looked at the people that i have strong initial reactions to and it's like why is that it's probably something more about me than about them yeah and so I oh like totally to explore that a little bit like why did i like like hate this person the last guy i dated even i met him and i was like who is this douchebag like i was so, <laughs> I was so mad he had done something really stupid with like a Where'd guy friend meet? of mine we met through friends and he had like he's like kind of calculated in his real life but like with friends he's just like the instigator he'll just be like yeah like do that like go talk to that girl like push like he pushed you know one of my friends like back to an ex which i was like what are you doing because i had like spent a month like nursing him out of this mm-hmm. relationship 
And I was so mad. I was like, this douchebag, like, why would he come in from like California and then like just ruin my friend's life? And it was, I was being really dramatic about it, but we ended up like really hitting it off, which, <laughs> which was such a weird bait and switch. Do you for me. think that his douchebaggery caught your attention? I think, Do you think it, it was something that even though it wasn't a positive emotion, it elicited that. It, right. Well, I put him in that box immediately of like, you were like everyone else that I've dated pre- previously and it's been super toxic. So I'm not going there again. But it was just like based on this one thing that he did, which wasn't even that bad. Like my friend made his own independent decision to really go back. He just kind of pushed a button, which we still debate about to this day. But anyway, I, I think that I think that I tried to rule him out quickly because that's just like the mentality I was in at the time. It's just like, look for the red flags and put them in boxes and like get rid of the bad right. ones. Well, we all, so the reason we all do what we do, you, you wrote a book called the love gap mm-hmm. and, and well, and I want to get to that, but the reason we kind of like go in, like for me, it's the podcast. I talk relationships all day for mm-hmm. you writing a book about uh, advice for women on, on mm-hmm. how to write. Uh, how would you sum up the book is advice? You know, I really like it. It is tailored towards women, but I feel like it's really a book about our generation of daters and like timing. Like, what is the most important and crucial factor of relationships? I think timing is like one of the big ones. So it's also just like figuring out a way to merge people that are on their own independent journey to like create something of success for themselves and then also merge that into a partnership. We have such high ideals today, and getting relationships right is one of them, but it's so hard for everybody. So that's kind of the book, like navigating all these different factors that can, you know, make or break relationships so what gets you in life to the point and you're from michigan Mm -hmm. so from the midwest here what gets you to the point where you write this book like uh are there scorned uh experiences heartbreak like what is it oh yeah i mean i think that i channel a lot of you know my own personal heartbreak into like the bigger questions like i've got to like chase a bigger question so i was definitely having like a lot of problems dating and part of that was i started my career really young like i started freelancing for women's magazines at 18 and then by 20 i'd had like you know been published in national magazines and you know was kind of doing this all while going to college so and where'd you go to school i went to the university of michigan so oh, i was nice. doing this from afar but like you know, I was dating in the adult world. Like my, my friends were all like seven to eight years older was kind of like the group that I was with. And so like towards the end of college, when I was really getting out into the real world, like I was meeting all these guys that kept telling me I was like too ambitious or like too sure of myself. And I really, yeah, I was like, what is this? What's going on? And, and that was kind of the interesting factor because we have all these career women now that are really doing their own thing and kind of self-sufficient on their own. We don't have the same gender dynamics that we did. 50 years ago that just doesn't exist sure. anymore so now i was trying to explore these new gender dynamics through the lens of like you know what if women are more successful what if they are the breadwinners like how do men feel about this like really diving into those psychological questions and just i interviewed like 120 people about you know their own personal dating experiences you know how they handled like self-esteem in relationships things like that and it was a really cool thing to do because it's one of those underlying dynamics that we don't talk about very much but it does impact us and like what we think our role should be right. who we think we should be with and then what actually works in reality and what we really want right because you in the in in the book they you said there's mainly qualitative research like you you really were going after just finding people's unique stories of, mm-hmm. and, and and you're saying that it there's a kind of you know a, a curve where you're seeing what's happening you're seeing like are men just not hanging are they insecure yeah i think that the big thing for me what i found out was like men really had to feel settled in like who they were as a person like what they could bring to a partnership and they had to feel confident in that and and i don't think it's about like you know success on paper but if like that's a ding in your self-esteem or it's you're not where you want to be 
then, you know, men have been force fed this idea that like success is the end all be all. Like most of men like talk to me that their personal worth was like career success. For and, sure. And, and that's something that women just didn't really tell me. It was like, yeah, this like gives me self esteem, but they had so many different like layers of that. Like I have these like deep relationships with my friends and you know that I have a fulfilling career and my family's here and you know, have all these hobbies and men were just like, it was so cut and dry about right. success and career. Um, and I think that that's just what they've been pounded. Like women kind of can explore a little bit more emotionally and we yeah. have like more realms to step into. We can go like be successful in our day job and then like, you know, women are good multitaskers. We are very you, be, good multitaskers. you become mothers if, if you so choose and you have, you know, it's, it's, not, it's it's incredible what women can accomplish. I come yeah. from a single mom. She remarried mm-hmm. when I was uh, 12. So I got to then see like what a dad was like. But I also got to right. see like the mom who like worked. That's you know what awesome. I mean? Yeah. Which is cool. Because like no child support, mom, two kids, just fucking sa- working in sales in an all-man industry. Awesome. You know what I mean? Just pushing her way through. Yeah. So I, I, I respect that. But yes. also as a guy... And with with a girlfriend Tasha, who's makes far more than I do, mm-hmm. uh, I I I want to be able to hang with her. But also, mm-hmm. it's for me, it's it's not an insecurity uh, like um, uh, I'm scared of her success. Like trust, there's nothing. There was nothing worse when we first started dating when both of us weren't working much. Oh my gosh! Because yeah. like we were like fucking just we live in a freelance <laughs> world, so it's like we're you know it's fine to hang out, but when you don't have the next paycheck coming along, it was kind of like two unemployed people hanging out. Right. And it was like, I was going to some of her castings with her and it was like, I need to do my own thing. Like whenever I'm, I'm, I'm accompanying her too much and I'm not writing and doing all that sort of unpaid work. I got to do that below the surface iceberg shit that I got to do when I'm not doing that. I get kind of anxious and then I become the worst guy to hang out with. Yeah. And I think a lot of men feel that way. And it's something that they can't even articulate for the most part in in different ways. Like I, but that like idea that you need to be successful, like a provider, like that's still this underlying thing with, with men in a lot of different cultures, especially depending on how they were raised in in the different experiences that they've had. Right. That was just something that I didn't realize nearly as much because I don't think I, I don't think about it until like now coming from the Midwest, that's, you know, I'm from New England, but it feels Midwestern in the nine to five sense of like, mm-hmm. it's not like a creative hub where there's yes. just entrepreneurs. You work when you work, you're sell, you're buying, you know, whatever. You're just like we, LA, you're always working. You're always slinging some shit. But when, you know, in, in this kind of like nine to five world or this, mm-hmm. you know, a family in the Midwest, it must be tough for a guy to do anything but the typical job. Right. The typical like breadwinner type of job, yep. and want th- in I don't know. Did, did you see that that lifestyle was different in sort of more like suburban environments? I think it really kind of depended on what the career was, rather than necessarily. It, there are a lot of them in the Midwest. I think that are those nine to fives, but you also see like a lot of high achievers in like finance in New York or things like that, where it's like kind of traditionally masculine stuff. Sure, where, where they really define themselves by that success and in. It, it was a weird comparative thing. And a lot of, I, I remember one story from, from my book in particular, like she lived in New York and she was kind of a high achiever and they were in the similar field, which I think was a very comparative thing. Um, but they had been dating a while and he like wouldn't let go, like how much money she made and even told her she was overpaid. Like, Jeez. Was, yeah, like not a cool, not a cool feeling in a relationship and that didn't last, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I, I've, I've had to learn uh, to curb my resentment towards my better half, uh, which you have to call your girlfriend your better half. I, yeah. you know, it's all <laughs> all equality until you're talking about my better half. She's, yeah. I, I, but I've had to like, cause you know, she'll she'll do a gig, 
and kind of you know complain. Oh, my feet hurt. And I'm like, you made more that hour, and I'm out there in the fucking trenches. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but but it's like I'm not. I like, again, I would want her to make as much as she can but it's also tough because that doesn't make me like no amount of her success is going to make me any closer to my success and i still and i'm hustling and i think they've they've shown that actually it's something called like a reflective glory or something and they've shown that like women like take women take kind of pride like when their guy does really well but like men aren't really allowed that same like factor interesting where like they found that like men just didn't get like a self-esteem boost or any like you know they they were happy for you, but they didn't feel better because you were successful. Like women actually felt better when their guys were successful. Interesting. And I, it's like such an independent thing for men, and I think that's just like the way we've been socialized for so long. Well, you know, I I'll tell you this. I I I I was raised by women. Like I'm a weird dude. Like I'm so I read these books on codependency, and they sp- they're literally written for women. They <laughs> yeah. say, "Listen, ladies, if you're a man," and I'm like, "You know, you're talking to a guy." Yeah, me so too. I, so yeah, so I I mean, my love languages. I mean, I'm affirmations. Like like you know, pet me, love me, tell me I'm doing great. You know, I don't need. Okay. It's weird what I what I've learned that I need and what I don't need. And I just like I'm happy. I'm so happy for her. Mm-hmm. And um. And I do, but it, yeah, like I do want her, like we're so committed that I do feel invested in her success. Right. I think if it was early on or if it wasn't a serious relationship, I could see where I'd be like, like I remember I was dating, I remember in high, and this is, in high school I was dating this girl, br- briefly, barely dating her, you know, whatever, I was still a virgin, she was probably a virgin. And like, <laughs> I was like telling a story or something about, you know, my glory days, although this was in high school, so my glory days were <laughs> in the present. I was, and she, and she was like, uh, she was like, yeah, I was, you know, she was like, try to relate and tell me a story about her swimming and how like, if she doesn't get the time, if she doesn't swim as fast as she wants, how she hits the water and she feels all mad. And I was like, in my, and I was like, oh, cool. But in my head, I was like, this, no, this is not about you. Like this is, I did I could, I could care so little about her. I had zero respect yeah. for her. And I was, maybe I was just so self-centered. I don't know. Like I find myself now in my early mid thirties to start like looking back on if I was an asshole to women, if um, I didn't believe in them or give them that sort of like love, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird too, because I think we're more aware of these gender dynamics over the past year and like what I think a lot of men have kind of like looked back at their experiences to be like, wow, how was I? So I've had like really nice candid conversations with guys about that. And I think it's nice to do, but it's like those still the, there are ingrained reactions that like a lot of us have from the time that we're young and we don't even realize these social influences yeah. on us. But the, yeah, the interesting thing, and I think you, you just, you mentioned how like men are kind of like socially put in to certain places. Like it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never was like told, don't cry. Don't do this. I was mm-hmm. just, a, I'm, I'm a ball of emotions, but, <laughs> but it's true. It's like, you know, I have a brother who's 14 and I have another brother in college and I'm like, man, do they know, like, do they know they can be like who they want to be on the inside? Do right. they know they can like just be like a weirdo and right. just be their own free, you know, person out there or right. like what, like it makes it makes you do like, I never worried about myself, but now that I'm seeing these other, you know, boys grow up. And I, I know it's so triggering to mention like, and I don't mean this in like the Trump, like, Oh, our boys out there are the scared. You know, I'm worried about the boys. I'm worried about everyone, but I am worried as a guy that like some of these boys, like don't even know what they want to be. Like, you know what I mean? They're not like, we're not, 
I guess like we don't teach boys to like do the self-exploration that we teach women to do and that we're always doing from a young age. And I, I see that with my nephew too. And I think about he's eight and I can already see like him. He, he like is, he hates baseball, but he's playing baseball, but he loves to like color and like sing and do like interesting things like that. Where I'm like, please be weird and do like the things yeah. like, you know, I don't want him to just end up doing things that he hates because they're like boy things. Yeah. I really, I hope that we have these discussions so that the next generations of boys don't have these little molds that they feel they have to right. fit into. Right. And I don't want to sound, I I'm, I'm very like hyper aware of, of, of not sounding like a, like, like, like white male lives matter. Like it's not one of those things because <laughs> yeah. all of my guests, almost like probably 75% of my guests are women. And we're always talking about ways that like, you know, we can unravel this fucking tension we have yeah. in our in our country, really. I mean, we've got this yeah. fucking tension of just like, and and I'll never be one of those guys. That, I don't even know how to talk to women anymore. Like, I'm not, you right. know, I don't know why I no. had to be Southern, but like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I get it. There's, there's an art to like, their charm actually i heard something really funny from a comic she was like uh she was like creepiness is just ugly guys with confidence <laughs> and i was like yeah. i was like i know that sounds oh sad to call people ugly or whatever but <laughs> creepiness is it's it it is a confidence that you have when when you're like unmatched in a situation like mm. when you shouldn't like you should know that it's not being received well right and men men need to learn when the, you know when to go in for a kiss when to ask a girl on a date when to, you know it's not always like at, on a, at a subway stop or it's like yeah. there's it's never we want these rules but it's way more like you just have to learn yes like to it, vibe it's such a respect thing and like recognize people's boundaries especially that are strangers which i feel like that's the big thing that women have always thought is like you know, laying boundaries is, is hard to do and men don't pick up on it as much, but I think they're finally picking up on it. That's what these conversations ha- have done. Like, yeah. where have all these ignored boundaries been and, and how are we going to like talk about them in a real effective way? Because I, I wouldn't think that way about men either. I've talked to so many guys that like truly heartfelt want to know like how to do better. Yeah. And so I, and I think that that's a good conversation to have. We should have those conversations and it doesn't matter like, you know, males all the way across the board like we just need to talk about it keep talking yeah about i it. mean in, in like maybe it's an evolutionary thing or just a survival thing but there's a lot of guys that they say like you know like well if she says no you just keep asking you got to keep plugging away just you know i've asked yes. and, and don't get me wrong with my girlfriend she she rejected me multiple times like but i found out she wasn't like rejecting me so much as like we were friends and there was there was yep. layers to there it were layers. but i had to learn that mm-hmm. and i had to learn it in a way where a, a simple guy might have been and I, I was pretty simple but it might have been like she doesn't like me but it's part of me is like nah like i didn't see the way she's looking at me and i've yeah. I've, I've, I've been in this this dating game long enough to know mm-hmm. that we have something there and then it turned out she was like super kind of like afraid and had trust issues and all these things yeah. that, that i couldn't do like other guys she, other guys fucking yeah. fucked her up or <laughs> you know yeah. like we all have our previous baggage yes and that's something that the book taught me too oh my gosh everyone teaches you that things go a certain way and like i got you know those lines when i was younger like when you know you know and when it's right it just happens and i'm just like no it does not right. happen like there are people with real baggage that that need to learn to break down their walls yeah. and that's a different feeling of like having to work with somebody and and a lot of the women that i was writing the book for specifically were women that were like why won't this guy commit to me like i know something's there like always and and that would come down to you know people have baggage and they have their own trajectories and they're afraid of 
doing relationships poorly. They've been raised on this idea that they need like a healthy, stable relationship while also not really been giving the like, there's no trajectory anymore. Um, when, when you're building career and we, we settle down later and we're all doing our own independent things. And so figuring out a way to build a healthy partnership is not easy for anyone. And there are a lot of fears attached. So like working with someone on an individual level and being like, you know, showing up for them, seeing that it's like safe and, and being emotionally available, it's hard to do, but that's kind of the essence of everybody who made it work. Like a lot of them had to, you know, keep showing up even when the person said no, let them come to them in their time and see yeah. that it's safe. Uh, we had plenty of chances and still do to end our relationship like mm-hmm. and I, and and sometimes when i talk about it it's like do i sound do i sound like i'm in the most miserable relationship in the world or am i the only like goddamn honest person out there don't get me wrong you look at the instagram you see all the good photos like i'm all i'm all going right. for those likes you know what i mean <laughs> totally. i'm not posting that photo where she's like why, why aren't you fucking you know, tripped over your shoes again <laughs> you know whatever but it's yeah like we're just super honest like not every day is great we we struggle with our communication but like we both see that we're working not not because the relationship is like hard like oh but because like we're it's almost like we're just speaking different languages but mm-hmm. still showing up to learn how to speak that language right and it's going slow <laughs> yeah but i mean it's a constant work in progress and you'll have to do it like for the rest of your life That's at what, what point do you give up on the other person oh gosh like have you given up on guys or are you the type that you wait for them to dump you i feel like i no. I is there like a cycle there is my, there my therapist thinks i always have to be the one to walk away so there, there's tension independently yeah i think that part of the reason i do all this relationship research and I look into the science on it and the studies and I talk to people is because I'm not very good at it. I think that's what I feel like about it. Anyone who says they are good at it, they're like some old cat lady living. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I'm honest. I'm not very good at it, but I don't think, I think I don't ever give up on somebody until they've like wounded me to within an inch of my life. But normally it's like, I I have to stop. I do similar to your girlfriend. I feel like I put the wall up and I just don't want to talk about it. And like, that's kind of stunting my own growth. I had a bit it's not funny not a, but I, I it was like yeah my girlfriend's a dem- democrat but she fights like a republican she puts walls up you know it's like one of those, but it's like she does she just like she's just a gun-toting liberal she's this weird combination yep. she's a kentucky girl who, who pro-gun who's pro-women yeah and she's pro not taught not taking shit from anybody right. and it's like i don't know what guy and it's something that she's gonna you know it's something within her that i think she's working about like, i don't know what guy like put you in a box so that like now I can't even be in a closed area. I have to give you so much space because if I like in our kitchen right here, if I'm talking to her and she's on the inside of that wall, like she's got to like kick her way out. And I, and I've learned that and I go, okay, that's fair. That's like, you don't, you know what I mean? That's like, it's not a safe place for her. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's just not how I work. So like, but I'm also a bigger guy, even though like I would never hurt her. I have to realize I, am like the big like the bigger physical guy mm-hmm. who wants who can come off like I'm imposing my emotions right. whatever when all I want is to like hug and make up you know right. what I mean we've all had that like relationship though that made it unsafe and I think that that's something that's kind of a hallmark of a women, lot of women have. women have like a, a lot of the women um, and I did I like dated the really horrible narcissist who you don't know is a narcissist because they keep like you know, throwing you out and then like bringing you back and like all this really crazy. And they don't know they are. They don't know they're doing it. Like, I mean, but it's one of those really scarring things where you realize like you have to enlist your own boundaries or like you're, you're never going to see things clearly. So like taking a step back is our way of doing that. Sometimes it's just, 
you know is I that imprinted on you for life do you think this like trigger of 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 these exes this bag yeah. it's like is it baggage you cannot shed or do you just acknowledge that it's there with you I, like a shadow yeah i think it is like a shadow I, i've kind of come to believe in that idea of having corrective experiences with someone but it's like something you have to overwrite over time it's like super incorrective like a do-over like you're corrective with the new experiences guy. in psychology are kind of like you have the opportunity to like rewrite your own script like you get to go back and be like i can have the same type of situation but in a healthy way because That's i'm making fun. better choices of redemption yeah, it you is the redemption. redemption. It's the nice narrative quality of relationships sometimes, but you have that ability to like go back. And, and they say that about like, you know, your relationships with your partners kind of mimic parenting, like when oh, you yeah. look at attachment styles, things like that. That's where I was going to next. Yeah, it's such what a What can we thing. do? I, We're I, raised by these weirdos or, or yep. lack of weirdos. Yep. It's like I just, you know, and they're not, they're either there or they're not, but they're going to fuck you up in one way or another. Yeah. And to learn, I learned from an attachment researcher that you only have to have a secure child. You only have to get it right 30% of the time and only 50% of the population is secure. So, basically, so the parents have else, to get it right 30% of the time. They have to respond to your cues right like 30% of the time. Jeez. So most of people aren't even getting to 30. So we're all going to get messed up in some in way. In cues as in you're, you're crying and they need to know yeah, that, like, that you want to be hugged. Things or... can be totally different. You can have a parent that's like really not equipped to be a parent. Like maybe their personality is just like they don't read cues right. Or like you have an anxious parent, for instance, or maybe it's a working parent where they weren't around because they had to like right. take care of things and just provide for you. So sometimes like that really, it, it creates that, little structure that you form relationships with for the rest of your life. Um, and it's either anxious. Some people are anxious. Some people are avoidant. You know, they, they kind of put that distance between people in relationships. And then there is the secure half, which is great. And it's great to be with a secure person, but there's so many people that aren't. And so it takes that extra layer of self-awareness to be like, I can do better. I realize that like I have these, you know, feelings and impulses in me that want me to push away my partner that, you know, want me to, you know, get claustrophobic about, you know, close that distance. And if you can really kind of learn that level of self-awareness and realize that you can overwrite your impulses, it's actually not, not safe. You just think it is because it's so ingrained in you that these responses, like, you know, that somebody's not going to be responsive to your needs, for instance, you like bury them. That's something that women do a lot. I see a lot of anxious women. Do you ever, do you ever though? call women out on their shit like like you, you, you ever you ever any uh any friends who they just complain they can't find the right guy and he's right mm-hmm. there in front of her but he's yeah. like just a nice guy so she's like not into it because she wants to we always talk oh, about yeah. the bad boy or this or that but it's like what what's that dynamic how can how can you how can you like dismiss the that sort of like psychological game that pickup yep. artist game yeah i think it's like it's just growing up and having those experiences and really thinking I can choose something better, but I have to, I mean, one of my favorite relationship researchers when I was young and I was still like, like I was still exploring this new realm. I was writing about dating and, you know, I was stupid and young, but I loved what he said and it always stuck with me. And he said, most people don't have five bad relationships. They have the same bad relationship five times because they keep choosing something. So they're not even learning. That's toxic. Yeah. And they're not analyzing like, why do I feel this way? And a lot of times people that you have intense chemistry with, it's like that, that negging, that push pull, that, you know, it's not healthy. It's never stable. And, but it's exciting. You don't know what's going to happen next. Right. And you're addicted to that rush and that intermittent reinforcement. Will they be there this time? Will I text them and will they respond? You know, are they going to ditch me on a date or like and then the dopamine rush when they, yes. when they show up or when, the, yes, know. people don't realize how addictive that is. And you oh, have yeah. to, you gotta especially is it worse with today's technology or is it just interface? Because you know, the cell phones mm-hmm. are these slot machines of like, ding, like these, 
you know Pavlovian just uh, impulses we're getting when we get the text message back or when we get the yes. whatever. I mean, is it is it worse now or are we just playing with fire? I I think that it is worse because I think that there are more ways to be like avoidant of relationships or to get anxious about things. There are just more mechanisms for people to reject you or like, you know, play games with your mind and and people will do that. They'll, you know, I even had like a meltdown the other day because I'm like, I think I followed someone on Instagram too soon. Like these different ways where you're like overanalyzing everything that you do. I think it's really easy to do that today. You know, I got really good about not giving a fuck about this in my twenties. And I was like, lost my virginity pretty late. Wasn't, you know, I was a polite guy, but I had probably, I just probably wasn't giving off any like sexual energy. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I was, and then the second, like I was, um, I was, uh, I was back in New York, um, over the summer and with my brother who's in college and like, I haven't been able to be, we're we're a 12 year age difference. And like, I haven't been able to be like that brother who's like, learn from me. Like, I don't know what he knows about me. Like we're close, we're close in the, in uh, as close as you could be given the age gap and living across the country. But Mm -hmm. we went to some bar and I was there with my cousin, my brother and another friend and we were drinking and I was like. I was like, I want to show Jameson, my brother, how to like talk to a woman, like talk to a woman, but, yeah. but, but by really not giving a fuck and, and, and not hitting on her, but just, you know, seeing that there's four or five girls standing next to us at a bar, yes. maybe there's could be a shot that this conversation could be more fun than us just kind of twiddling our thumbs by ourselves. And I started talking to them and, and it, and, and it was like immediately like broke the tension and we all kind of became one big group talking back right. and forth. And it turns out the girl I was talking to had a, was in a relationship and I was too. And it just, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. But, but I think, my brother was shocked at the sort of honesty and not give a fuck like the 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 not giving a fuck vibe that i was you know ma- making fun of just right. but it wasn't in a, like a psychological way it was like just truly like as a comic on stage just yeah. learning not to give a fuck yep. and i don't know how to say it in the psychological term but it's that detachment i mean the reason that we have that is we put too high of expectations on every interaction there, there's something about it that we're just we're putting too much on it and i read that a long time ago that like every time that you think you know you get that approach anxiety or you don't want to say hi it's like literally what's the worst that can happen why do you care what this person thinks anyway and and why and honestly why would they want to talk to you if you are this bumbling idiot who goes up the your eyes look beautiful and then there's like you're a murderer (laughs) versus if you just randomly run into someone like oh hey geez man you look great. I love that bun in your hair. And I, I always say this when I do my solo episodes because I can like talk to myself for yeah. like an hour and I'll literally walk myself through how I would just talk to somebody. Yeah. But when you're in that kind of like vi- that that authentic vibe of like being detached and just being yourself and not having pressure to get laid or pressure to meet somebody, mm-hmm. it's all those things in my experience just take away from from meeting somebody on the right terms. Right. And those terms are only there when you're both being you. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be some like, or or the other way, where it's like if you're overly rehearsed and bravado, it's like, mm-hmm. well, then what What if you just are, you're a nerd who wants to go, you know what I mean? Like you're selling something you're not. And that's like another go back to ghosting. It's like right. you're selling something that you're not. Just be you. Be what makes you feel good. Right. Exactly. People people do that a lot where they adopt a role to, to, in order to get more attention. And I just think eventually that facade is going to wear down anyway. You can't keep it up for that long. And, and it's just more authentic. And I think that's why people still meet through friends of friends is the most popular way, even though apps have you know taken over. Yeah. But it's because you can meet them on terms where they just get to see the real you. Terms that don't involve the pressure of 
like the the tin, Tinder's got some pressure because it's mm-hmm. like if you're going to go from texting to being in person, like how mm-hmm. are you going to get there? Are you going right. to FaceTime for a bit or are you just going to meet some stranger? Like I've yep. met some people on Tinder back in the day, but it was like actually became friends with a few of them, but like it, yeah. there wasn't any like sort of nothing was going to come from that. No. And I was like, oh man, if I could have just gotten these vibes, if I just would have met them on the street right. or somewhere in person, I th- we could have decided this instantly Instantly. if if this was going to go to that next step yeah and i think that's why it's like really chaotic for people and people have you know they have high expectations they meet all these people they look cool on paper they're like basically their instagram it's like a profile is all your best pictures and like everything sparkling and then they meet them in person it's the it's that expectation drop that it's why researchers think like this is why people think it's so chaotic and so hard to date because so when you order something on Amazon and it's like looks like one thing and you get it yeah, and you're like you, the fuck is this like, shit? This isn't what I ordered? This wasn't the wig I ordered? It's all like tangled and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what it, that's what. But and it's I mean, so what? But what's the solution? Not doing online dating. I mean, is online dating replacing something or is it just filling time between actually? Yeah, so I think that we've moved to a tech-based world, and you know, I'm now I have my own dating app that's coming out. So I'm definitely like pro like meet people in different ways. I think that that's really what the best dating is is just keep putting yourself out there. Like literally don't get nervous about dates. I don't even get nervous about dates no matter where I meet them anymore. Now, now I mean, there's plenty of things to overanalyze later on, but like <laughs> low expectations when you're going on a date, no matter where it comes from. And, you know, just diversify. You, you're still going to have a really, you know, you have that immediate instant bond. If you meet in person, like you share friends or maybe you meet at an activity, like you, you are on the same soccer team or like whatever it is. If you can bond over something in real life and really see their vibe, that's yeah. just, it's quicker. I think bonding age. over the simple things is way more valuable than being like, we're both Catholic. It's like, that's a, whoa, yeah. hold on. Or like, we're both, it's like these crazy big identity things are there. But like, what if, what if I got a t-shirt on? Like, what if I'm a Bengals fan? Like Tasha's a Bengals fan. <laughs> if she meets a guy who's a Bengals fan, they, they're immediately friends. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What the fuck? Cause it's like this weird, who the fuck's a Bengals fan? You know what I mean? Right. So like whenever I, whenever you see someone that in like they, or like they, yeah, they like the same cartoon. I don't know. Something like simple like that. Like yeah. it's almost surface level, but it's like, yep. it's like if you can, if you can dive into something very specific and unique, then it, it's different than like being like, all right, I love girls that are blonde with blue eyes. Exactly. It's like, what, what is that? Is that going to make a relationship? Probably not. But I think that that's why people like, we have to learn to utilize technology in the right ways too. like, look for things like you can bond over. Don't just be like, Oh, he went to this college and he has this like really ritzy job. And I'm into that. Like a lot of people do that. It's like, you think you know what you want or you think like, it, it, but you don't, you have to meet in person and bond over something. So like, look for the little things that you will have something instantly in common that you can at least break the ice with. So how do you, better way to go about it. Okay. So what's the app called? My app is called Plum. Plum. P-L-U-M. Just yes, Plum. Plum. So Plum, how does Plum sort of differentiate itself? What, it, what do, what, it, like, what's the spin? <laughs> so basically, you know, me, because I'm a nerd, I have like all this psychological research and all this, you know, qualitative research with people that I've done for so long. And it, people always ask me about dating apps. It's like the number one question from single people is what app should I use? This is like really chaotic. So I decided to like look at the reasons that I thought app dates didn't stick very much. Um, and part of it was accountability. So we have like Uber ratings. It's the same thing as like, we're, we're a review-based society. It's Yelp. It's eBay. It's Uber. This it's communal. Did we decide if this is yeah, upvote, downvote? Yeah, exactly. But it's more By the about... Way, rate and review the podcast, if you will. Yes. On iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar. But no, it's, like, it's a similar concept about early dating, which a lot of people are just sick of people that 
you know, it can be dehumanizing to, to do this and to go out and people get harassed a lot. It's just, it's a scary climate to some degree, like when you have to do this solely from online dating. So it's, we have three rating components and they're all on early processes of, you know, getting to know somebody. It's just basically respect, honesty, like communication, those things. So, so those intangibles that make it easier. You're not rating on like this guy was great, this guy was horrible. Because that's so. It's totally like this subjective. guy responds because that's how Facebook is. It's like oh, they respond within two hours. Okay, maybe I'll email them. Versus yeah. like if they don't have a Never photo respond. up all year, yeah. and you're like, what am I wasting my time with? You want right. to know is this is an active person. Right. You want to be engaged. So we have ah, a rating system, which will be great. And that's for, for women and men who do better in, in that algorithm will get in front of more matches. So it's one of those things where uh, everybody wins. And if you're so doing you're the right things. So you're incentivized to to communicate yes. in a, an efficient or polite yeah, way. Yeah, in a very polite way. And, but and can, that, you re, can you change someone's rating? Because Lulu, right there. Do you remember Lulu? Lulu yes. So the, It's yeah. like, well, it's like, well everyone's going to... Yeah. Every love story is just a story that hasn't ended yet. Or, you know, yeah. It's very cynical. But like every... like I, my, my rating wasn't bad but i was like what else i mean this is years ago but i was like i was like interested i was like wow i actually had like seven or eight people wrote yeah. took the time out and i'm like it's thinking quality. it's kind of psychotic you took the time out to rate me yeah it's so interesting like that was an interesting site but i was like i didn't want to have like comments that must be dead comment. right really, no one's yeah, using no that. one uses lulu i don't i think it, it got a little press like a women's magazine or something and then it might have died I, but it was whatever. like yeah it was like well you know things end the way they end and you're gonna rewrite history by being like you're the good person but it's like when you know whenever we play the victim we're just gonna get shafted yes or, or we're gonna get the same issue again when it's like oh well it was me they you know, it's like if anyone's been ghosted on uh, enough times, you start going like, well, why are you being ghosted on? And I don't mean to victim blame, but I mean, like, yeah. what are you what are you doing? Yeah. And like, let's turn it around. It, it's definitely like it's tough. Like, I'm a big proponent of analyzing your own patterns and the things that happen to you. They it's probably, all you have control over. It's comments on, on some things that you're doing and you have to be like self-reflective about your dating life. Um, to the other degree, we just technology has allowed us to behave in ways you, you can look at Twitter as a perfect example that we would never behave otherwise. And I think that that has leaked into online dating. And so it, there are scary instances. Everyone I know has been harassed at some point. It's like that safety element. You, you just don't like it. It makes the process worse. So I, I'm a big proponent of having stakes involved in dating, which is just the sense that it matters. It's not like this person is, you know, complete stranger. You'll never have to see him again if something bad happens. Like all of those things, that's online dating. But it's for a, you. it's in good faith that you're going to rate them on how yeah. they dealt with yeah. that. Yeah, and, and that's a big thing that you know we can you know keep tweaking, make sure the process is as streamlined as possible, and people are rating appropriately. And I think they and will. The guys don't rate the girls. What's going on here? No, no, we, we didn't want that. Women have been rated for so long throughout. Oh, okay, I like that things. response. All right, and, and we're just like that's just. Look, no, I'm is, not an equal person. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, I, I'm all about equality, mm-hmm. but there are differences right. between men and women. Right. Men had for the in you know from the beginning of time have been trained to hunt, mm-hmm. to hunt bears and women and everything. Oh, in West Hollywood bears they hunt bears for other reasons, but bears we were men were trained to just be the so mm-hmm. it's so naturally. And I'm not saying women are victims, but naturally women are are, are more defensive to their mm-hmm. women choose. Yeah, men are the suitors, and I mean. It, I'm saying traditionally, it's mm-hmm. not always the case. But like, men, like women in the end, like my like my girlfriend, she had choices to make. I knew yeah. I was seeing other people, and I knew, and that's probably why she chose me because I wasn't like some psycho. Like, when are you going to call me back? Like, if you need a few extra days, honey, 
I want you to respond, but I'm also going to give you space because I can tell that you've got options and I don't want to be the guy that spooks you. Right. And I've spooked women before. We've all spooked. <laughs> we've all spooked Yeah, somebody. we've all spooked. <laughs> and that's why you get ghosted on or there's a million things because, you know, you put too much, you put all your eggs in one basket and that mm. basket might be freaked the fuck out because the last yep. person put all their eggs in that basket and was a psycho. Yes. And, and so I understand that you want, you want to rate men. Because on these apps, men are the one for the most the part. Harassment is is much higher um, among men to women, and it's um and again and it's and it's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen you know the screen grabs online of a you know a conversation that doesn't yeah. go as well as the guy wants, so he just attacks a woman for her looks or whatever, and it's yeah. like, what are you doing? Just the, the it's over. The game was over. Yeah, it's over. Move on. And that's what we don't want to have because it just it creates such a toxic environment and it makes people not want to date or not want to go on dates. I, I kind of had one of those spooky experiences where like and the person knew where I lived, which is not great, oh, yeah. and like. Yeah, and I, I literally shut down dating apps for uh, 10 months maybe. But it's like one of those things where it didn't have to happen. It's like just someone lashing out. I'm sure I wasn't like threatened or it, but, but it is that like gut reaction of like, oh gosh, like physically unsafe. We don't want that feeling. It's um, I think the fear of that is probably greater than the actual guys doing it. But when, it, when it's one guy, mm-hmm. Tasha had a guy, we've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. She posted a pro Bernie Sanders thing. Pro mm-hmm. Bernie. Mm-hmm. Not anti anything else, just pro her thing. And the guy responded, "You're not pretty enough to, to you know, to tell me who to vote for. Unfollow." And like we should have just left it at that. But yeah. of course, you know, I wanted to fucking hunt this guy. Yeah. And we found out he was a college coach for a football team, and he had a daughter, oh and all gosh. these things. It's like really, bro, really. And it went back and forth, and it got ugly, and then it got, and then it, I, I, hum- I, I'm really good at dealing with trolls, and I don't <laughs> like that I'm good. That's amazing. That's a skill uh, I've not. Heard well, I'm really, yet. I'm really good, honestly. I've, I've got pretty much 100% troll f- conversion rate in, in that I just let them know that I'm a human. And yeah. I was like, dude, like you, like you just hurt my girlfriend. And, you know, we might live in Hollywood and you think we're just these liberal fucks, but she's just a chick from Kentucky and mm-hmm. we got to go get our oil changed today and we got bills to pay just like you. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just like I humanized it because you don't get that online. You no. don't get that. That's a human. You just get that. Well, man, fuck that bitch. Yeah. Fuck that. Like entitled, whatever. And then, and then it's like you've taken away the thing our society demands, which is, which is facing each other like humans. You would right. never ever talk like that you get drunk at a bar you talk to someone like that because again you're just like masked by this like these like you know right you know whatever whatever you know but yeah it's like this doesn't happen in real life yeah and and i have a friend who is on the the bachelor actually um and and she's one of those she's pretty sensitive but like people will forget that she's human now like she literally gets like these trolls non-stop and they're all like attacking her and it's just Was she like a recent season? dismissive yeah it is pretty recent. i do i do bachelor reviews ah. and roasts and i make fun but i'm a comedian i know how to make fun yeah i know how sure. to and i do it and i do it on camera and i and it's i'm not saying it's with a wink but it's 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 yes i i i primarily positive like right. reviews like you can right. you can you can thumbs up and thumbs down me it's yeah. it's a not it's a a plus success yeah. rate but you see on the reddit on the reddit bachelor page they're fucking right. negative that was it. let when them I, sell their tea yeah i'm like let them sling their out. fucking face product and they're all what they're all watching like i mean they're you're obviously like fans <laughs> like you're well, you watching chose, their activities you like, chose to be on tv you chose it <laughs> well it's just it's you just gotta like, be 
they're humans though. I mean, and it's the entertainment that you consume and everyone consumes. And then you're watching their movement just to like cut people down. Yeah. And we find that so easy to do today. And I really hate that. Like, it, And I think when, I think people do in those communities know when they've gone too far, but it's afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this pendulum. Like it's, you've gone too far because a wrecking ball came right back at you. Mm-hmm. And it's like this tribal thing of like, you got to know before, like the, the, the key to enlightenment in these issues is know before you go too far. Right. Don't say something again. I'm guilty of, but like, there's no hate involved with what I do. I I stand by, um, five or seven seasons that I've done every episode recaps. Mm -hmm. I stand by every joke I've made and I'll make jokes all day. I'll pick them apart, but I love, I actually prefer more making fun of the guys because for me, it just feels better to make fun of like the dudes and I can like see through them. You know, I can like make fun of the guys. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. The, the, the different ways that we're pulling ourselves apart with social media. Yes. And I don't see an end in sight. Mm -mm. I just hope, you know, you see it with political ads and misinformation and Mm -hmm. you see it with fear and how we respond to that fear of rejection, fear of uh, your team not winning, fear right. of all these things. Feminism, that in, in its traditional sense, shouldn't be something that men fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, men shouldn't fear uh, their own livelihood. Like, there's all these things we shouldn't have a problem with. But online, everything... And I, I, I don't know, maybe if it's... I think it's coming from, like, a PR background and knowing mm-hmm. how, like, shit's just spun in all directions. Yeah. And just, like, and like trying to see all sides of it. I mean, look, when I'm when I'm online... I'm reading an article. I'm going to CNN. I'm going to Fox News. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all. I'm getting all angles because I don't believe in in one side or the other. When I hear yeah. when I hear of someone's issues and I talk to a buddy who's going through something, I try to think of the his girlfriend's point of view right. to help. To you know what I mean. Right. And the hardest part is looking in my own. It's 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 within your within yourself and looking at my girlfriend and going like, well, clearly she doesn't want to hate me. So what am I giving off? Right. Because my own my own sort of uh, my, my own probably biggest sort of energy like attitude problem is when I'll like come home happy and and uh, and and I'm not on the same wavelength and then I'll immediately be like, dude, come on! <laughs> and it's on the inside, it's just like four year old being like, come on, what to play? What are we doing? Yeah. What are we? What is that? What, what's going? Like last night, it was Sunday night. <laughs> I come home from work. Patriots are about to be on. I'm cooking dinner and like my girlfriend's not feeling well, and I'm like. And I didn't take it to that level, but on the inside, I was like, fuck, man, really? Like, yeah. this is our quality time moment. This is what you wanted. Yes. But then, like, instead, I was like, you know, how about a back massage? Like, what yeah. what can, what can do you need right now? And it turned out yes. she had a headache. She, she was stressed out about this crazy week ahead of work she had. And it was like, oh, that empathy initially, like old Dave would have barreled right through that and been like, well, why aren't you being what I want you to be? Yeah. I- it, that's a perfect response, though. But it's I, I fall, I fall. I mean, yeah. it's a practice. Every you catch me on the wrong moment, and and mm-hmm. I'm not ready, and boom. And you can get you can take a lot of hard work and throw it out sometimes because you know you just because you just weren't present in in trying to practice that. And I'll come home tired, or even in a lot of times, a lot of we've had we've had fights that happen when I actually was feeling really good. Yeah, that's the weirdest part. It's like I just came home happy. Okay. But it was still like maybe too much energy for, you know, for her when I like bring all this like happy, just like had a stand up set coming home. Woo. And then yeah. I come into our little apartment and she's like, whoa, chill out. Hold yeah. on. I was just alone. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. Just, you're coming in here. You need to like just chill out. Yeah. Merging two people and two personalities is like a daily thing. Oh, man. It, it's really challenging. And that's what people find out. And I think that we're so used to 
we are so independent today and that we have our own little worlds and our own little personalities and our own ups and downs. Then we come home and we're like trying to figure out how to make that work with somebody else. And sometimes they're not in the mood or place to support us and vice versa. And it's sometimes it's got nothing to do with me. Yes. Like whatever the issue is, but I just always, it's like, it's in my, and, and, but it's like to my defense, in my defense, it's like, I want the energy to be, in a place that I'm happy, right? you know, and that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just hard because you can't, you, in the end of the day, you can't control someone else's energy or their mood. You can only no. just like say like, I'm there for you. I'm, yeah. I feel bad for you. Yeah. That's I it. Don't know. Well, I think that's all that women really want is just oh, like boy. somebody that says, I mean, we never, I mean, that's the challenge and the joke that men always want to like fix it immediately. Like, let's we just do. fix it. I do. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll just get the mood back on track and we're like, no, it's just going to resolve and rebound in its own time we just want you to listen to us vent even yeah. though your your impulse will be like fix it i see the, the problem and the solution here's no, but look, what to if do i said what you just said if i if i transcribed that and put on a facebook post i would have women screen grabbing it and being mm. like don't tell women like it's but it's but they're just differences there are there are differences and it's the way that we've been it's just the way we've been socialized i mean literally women you know, from the time we've been young, that's what we do with our girlfriends. We just get together and we vent stuff and we feel so much better. And we just, sometimes we want, you know, we want to vent and then like, you know, we want to hug. That's it. We but just aside, like curl up and Yeah. Look, I be believe, weird. I believe all that, but also aside from being how you're being socialized, there's a bio- biological clock. I mean, right. Mm. I mean, that's got to factor yeah. into like the urgency of like, I don't have time for fuck boys. I mean, yep. women must, I've been, I'm lucky and like, I don't. It's there. Yeah, I would say by your 20s, like you're feeling something. You're like, eh, you're definitely like, I can't keep dating these idiots and get anywhere. But it's like, also this weird plateau. Even if you take like, like take, just take out the birthing aspect of mm-hmm. it in the t- in the time frame of that. But there's this weird plateau. It, and is it is it society that says like oh, men age gracefully? Like what yeah. is that? That like because that that you get these guys that aren't ready to settle down right. and, and they they'll just go to the next version of the lady that will let, will put up with them. Right. And that's when you see like in New York, the finance right. bros, like they're making money. They don't need yeah. a woman. They don't need any of that. No, but it is the way that we are socialized. And I do think it's what society places pressure on and how that ages out. Like for women, the number one thing that women are still judged on is their looks. So that's going to like, you have a shorter timeline to like maximize your looks than if, you know, men are judged on their success. So that's like going to pan out later in life. And oftentimes we build up that career over time. So, so men tend to age better, but it's because we place that pressure and we place that value there. And that's why it sucks. And that's why the biological clock thing is such a, it's such an issue. Like, yeah, there is like a shorter period of time. You have your fertile years and that's when people, that's when our value is placed on it. It sucks. I, I hope that it changes, but that's what we feel like as women. It, it's challenging. Where do you see values going uh, in our with our generation? With do you see? I mean, with marriages aren't mm-hmm. you know they're at a decline and. Yeah, I think that it's going to take a while to get to like that personalized place. Like this is what I value and this is what matters. Um, and I, I hope that we get that that better like relationship to others where we can understand that it's not society that has to impress certain things upon us that we can just, you know, 
set our own goals and get there no matter what that is. Um, I do like that there is less of an emphasis on get married and like, that's your value oh, yeah. because that used to be like such a huge thing. And yeah. I, most of my friends and I have been single for like a long time and we're in our twenties and we're like, we don't feel it, but we know that like our parents felt it back in the day. So. Uh, it happens fast though. I mean, my, my, uh, my lady wants to get married and, and I do too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's like, I'm not, in the same place some of her friends guys are in like, i'm not a real estate bro i'm mm-hmm. not a architect like i'm mm-hmm. just i'm in a place and i know these are like limitations and excuses i've made but mm-hmm. like, because she doesn't even want like a big wedding she's literally our life wouldn't change she just wants yeah. to know that i'm not and again it, it comes to her own like trust which i i, I understand yeah. she wants to know that i'm not just gonna leave her yeah. if something's going go, you know something's up yeah and i and i and then that's what i respect that it's like okay it's more of a it's more a symbol of like we're, we're in it together which to me is crazy because it's like are you kidding me like i've like i've i've adopted your dog i've yeah. I, i'm in it i'm in it five years is a pretty long time yeah in it. la oh my gosh you can't build that up. well you're only going to be able to build relationships like that you know you can't build many in a lifetime. So right. it's one of those things where you are invested, but I think there's a big abandonment complex in this generation, especially yeah. among women where we're just like, we've seen so many things that we thought were sure things devolve. Yeah. Um, and so it never goes away that like underlying factor. And I think that's why, you know, people like marriage and it's still symbolic, but you know, take your time and getting there, really get to know oh, someone, yeah. know you can fight with each other, like do that whole thing before you're going to really make that. You know, when, jump. You, when you talk, uh, when you talk about, we were talking about, bachelor it's like we put mm-hmm. we, you know we're, i think i think bachelor nation is cynical like oh like you know because i mean as low as the success rate of normal relationships are bachelor is pretty bad oh, it's super and then bad. this and then this week they had sean and uh, caitlin they broke up and there's yeah. like a photo of caitlin hugging sean's dog and i can relate to that because like tosh and i have come close to breaking up and i'm like I'm like crying thinking about the dog because that's got more finality than the relationship. Yeah. Because the relationship, it's like, ah, oh, you meet another girl. It was like a dog. This guy's, a, dog. you know, you've seen a dog. He's a good dog. Yes, he's and a great it, dog. But it's like, you go, oh, these people, with the, with the, the thing with Bachelor is that they're given this fame and they're mm-hmm. given this new status. So they have to also cope with, uh, with like, the uh the the relationship you have to cope with with reaching these levels of success which might drive you apart but also like know that you met in a way you met like no one ever i I never doubt the love that they feel it's just like let's throw it into real life now yeah they don't really equip you for that though that's a weird that's a weird uh transition so it's interesting to watch that longevity and they're never going to meet anyone else that way ever again so it's like that weird microcosm that they meet under in, the in way this snow globe of an experience. It's so interesting. And just, they're expected to propose in two months, which is crazy. Or it's insane. It is. It's like nobody's going to do that. So all of them just go enjoy their long engagements because it's crazy. Yeah, get to know each other. And yeah. in that case, I'm like, all right, propose. But we all know you're just going to go get propose and get to... Yeah, get the really expensive Neil Lane, diamond. Yeah. <laughs> this dude's killing me, yeah, man. He's, he's the reason that they're all there for the proposal. <laughs> oh, and they get the camera angle from 15 ways and the oh, carrot yeah. size and this and that. My yep. buddy Brad so Sir, um was a producer on the show. He was on an episode a couple months ago, five, mm-hmm. six, seven episodes ago, and he was talking about that he was going through a breakup during the production of a show. So he's yeah. literally huddled in a corner, like off camera, like doing producer things that they do, watching people fall in love when he's heartbreaking. That sounds and really triggering. <laughs> that's like, but that's like society. It's like we're there's we're all going through our own shit, surrounded by others, and like with social media, we see all those positives and we think everything's positive but us and it's like no we're all 
you know like i think we just with it just becomes like we all have the duty of educating ourselves to be aware that like maybe maybe feel when you're scrolling through instagram too much and i have to do this with stand-up where i'll go mm-hmm. i'll see i'll see too many comedians on shows i want to be on mm-hmm. and that to me is like maybe that's like someone seeing all their friends getting married mm-hmm. and being like oh i can't i find it. it's like you don't think they're you know arguing on their honeymoon about which uh, restaurants got the best yelp review and <laughs> you know what you know what i mean like sure. it's it's like bananas come on let's get with the people let's be real let's be authentic and realize it's not all like it's not all fucking positives it's just life yeah and and we live in that little little bubble now where we we only filter through our negative experiences through like everyone else's positive experiences yeah instagram is like a really trippy place (laughs) it's trippy but at least i've i've learned you know facebook's gone facebook i i have it i can go on it Mm -hmm. but the app is gone the app's too good i scroll it's too good so i deleted the app i can still go on it's just a pain in the ass so i don't do it as much instagram Um, I just know not to get fed into too many stories. It's more like, let's create content. I still need it as a business tool as we all do, but also like it's less, it's just less just know, knowing when you're in that mood where you might be caught just fucking going through people's shit and just, uh, just putting it away. Yes. And that's something I got to like, you know, every day I have to tell myself. There's just so much noise in this day and age that you have to put your limitations around things or you'll never get anything done and you'll always be in a bad mood. That's what I've learned. (laughs) It's true. It's an energy sap. Yes. We're at an hour, so we got to get out of here. But okay, so the app is Plum. Yes. It's, it's people can like pre-download it how does that work yeah so go to plumdating.com insert your email it'll be right there and we'll send you a quick notification when it's on the app store can i download it or is this i'll get you on beta phase so you can check it okay cool nice so i can i I, okay i like i was tasha and i were like we were like should we be on these apps beta phase can we be honest with each other yeah i will be that's the other problem is that women get so much love by other dudes so like i'm constantly having to deal with like dudes just on the right in my face like literally hitting on her which is fine because it's like yeah what i've learned is that she's so it's it's immune to that yeah Yeah. but it's like that would never happen in reverse never (laughs) and that's what like that's obviously like why my love language affirmations is like well somebody out there just tell some lady complimented my hair the other day i was like well thank you and i was like that was rare but if but like with her it's part all day it's right. like you just no, don't we were talking just last night my friends and i about we're like we think all men have words of affirmation as their love language and it's because it is so rare like the affirmations like they just yeah. women were just like we don't believe anything <laughs> because we get all I this know. like attention from I, the time i i save like i i save i screen grab mm-hmm. whenever a text or something positive strangers like i say this with boone with the dog when he gets a belly rub from a stranger he wags his tail harder than when i give it it's just like yeah. it's authentic and it's like <laughs> if a stranger if someone emails sex actually podcast at gmail.com if someone emails yes. we had a great one this week from um slovenia we had one from ohio it's just cool and it's yeah. like they'll write in and, and they know my love language they know it's affirmation so mm-hmm. sometimes i feel stupid when they're like one let you know I was like, okay, I know I'm begging for it, but it <laughs> feels good to know that we're not talking into the abyss and that there's people out there that are part of this conversation, even though Absolutely. we don't hear from them or whatever, but they're out there 
And I'm sure I'm sure you f- f- feel this yeah. with book reviews. I've, I've read some of your book reviews. Yeah. I mean, it must feel great to know yeah. that. Yeah, and people email me, and with Instagram now, it's a direct message. I get more messages on Instagram, but I get messages all the time from people who are like, "This really helped. This was so great." When I was going through this really dark time, usually it, it's somebody that ha- is going through a breakup and they want to know why, and they, oh, then they end up they read the book and they're just like, "We oh, all God, do a lot of so reading." So much sense. Thank goodness, like I found this, and it's been really cool. I just even got one today from like a college student at university. University of Michigan who wants to interview me for like a story she's doing at dating in college and she found the book and I'm just like it's just so cool yeah. that like somebody can you know you know listen to what you're saying as like part of this evolving conversation and then like come up with their own ideas and really want to explore themselves more that's just rewarding in itself love gap it's on Amazon Prime yes people can get it it's right there I saw it myself really cool. um and then and then the app is Plum. So PlumDating.com. Plum. Yeah. Why don't you have a podcast? I, I don't know. People have told me this whole week you need to start a podcast. So You've that, been on a ton. You've been on yes. a ton of podcasts. I really have. And I so enjoy it. So I, I think that that's the next step. Stay tuned. Are you going back to Michigan? <laughs> are you done here? What are you? I'll be in. Yeah, I actually have a, you know, a little a little bit tough time in California. I think I go back Friday. That's, that's my flight back. Well, right. next yeah, time you're in town, come back on the pod. I'll have a ton more questions. Hopefully, Tasha will be around. Yeah, I actually kind of like it when I can talk to people when she's not around yes. just because I can get more like focused attention on my issues. <laughs> yeah, there you go. When, when, when we have, when we have uh, a guest on when Tasha's here, it does become like marriage therapy, which yes. is cool. It's just a different, th- different It's a different dynamic. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so next time you're on, we'll make sure that you sit in. And, by the, and most so of the times we don't tell the guests that we'll like, or at least I'll have whatever gripes from the week. Like, yes. because it's so much better to, to like bring it up on oh. air knowing she's got over like smell. That, that, <laughs> like, that's my crack though. It's like literally breaking things down for therapy. I'm like everyone's personal marriage and dating therapist. So I would have so much fun with that. <laughs> there you go. Well, you have an open invite back. It's uh, Jenna Birch, um, plumcomedy.com. And then the, um, the love gap. Did I say that right? Plumdating.com. And then the love. <laughs> Wait, did I say plumcomedy.com? Yeah, you were the so fuck? <laughs> I got my, my you're, you're getting your own plugs. Like, yeah. Mixed in. Yes. Plumdating.com. And then, you know, the love gap is the name of the book. Come find me at Jenna Birch on Instagram. At Jenna Twitter. Birch on Instagram, Twitter, and then we're gonna we'll take a photo together. Yeah. And thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. This was fun. All right, that was this app, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, awesome. Thank you. Great. Yeah. I love things that are like free flowing conversations. I hate stretch. Yes, baby.